Monday. 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 Open wide, dev fans. Get ready to stuff your face with JavaScript, CSS, Node modules, barbecue tips, Git workflows, breakdancing, soft skills, web development, the hastiest, the craziest, the tastiest web development treats. Coming in hot, here is Wes, Barracuda, Boss, and Scott, El Toro Loco, Tolinsky. Oh, welcome to Syntax and this hasty treat. We're going to be talking about VS Code again. We love VS Code so much. This is part three of our VS Code love series, where we're just talking about all the things we love about VS Code. In this episode, we're going to be getting into things to learn a little bit about how to get around VS Code quicker and how to be a little bit more efficient, some keyboard commands, some snippet stuff. And uh, I have an extension here I wanted to talk about. My name is Scott Talinsky. I'm a full stack developer from Denver, Colorado. And with me, as always, is Wes Boss. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. It is good to be here. It's good to be here talking about VS Code because that's where I want to be in life. VS Code <laughs> is one of my favorite things, and I talk to people about it all the time who don't want to hear about it. So hopefully every single one of you wants to hear about it because that's why we like talking about it. So this episode is sponsored by Sentry at Sentry.io, which is one of our favorite sponsors over here at Syntax. And Sentry is the service that allows you to track and find all of your errors and exceptions. Now, one of the coolest things about Sentry is all of the things that it integrates with. Now, if you ever used anything in web development, it probably integrates just fine with Sentry, which is one of the key selling points is that, hey, you know, you got enough stuff to worry about to learn between languages and frameworks and whatever. Wouldn't it be great if one of these said tools will just work with all of them with no fuss? And that's where Sentry comes in. It keeps track of all your errors and exceptions, and it works with basically everything you could possibly imagine. So check it out at Sentry.io. Use the coupon code TastyTreat, all lowercase, all one word, and get two months for free and find out why so many companies and developers love and use Sentry, including Wes and myself. So let's get started here talking a little bit about VS Code. Let's talk about some things to learn, maybe ways to be a little bit more efficient or have a little bit more fun inside of VS Code while you're using it. Do you want to kick it off? I think one of the biggest things that I see people not taking advantage of is just moving your cursor quickly around the editor without having to, to touch your mouse. So if there's one thing that you just want to sit down and get really good at, it's jumping by word and, and jumping by line, jumping to the top of file, EOF and TOF, top of file, end of file. These things will greatly improve the speed at which you work. So if you just have some text or, or maybe a, a paragraph tag, being able to move your cursor word by word, um, being able to move your cursor and select word by word, being able to select to the end of the line, being able to select to the end of a wrapped line. There's all kinds of stuff that you can get good at. And uh, the keyboard shortcuts are different for everybody. What I recommend doing, a lot of people also don't know this, they just like Google around forever. Um, but if you just open up your command palette and type keyboard shortcuts, you'll be able to just search for like, I don't know, jump. Do you want to tell the uh, audience how to open up their command palette? Yeah, it's command shift P or control shift P on Windows. And that will give you access to pretty much every action in the entire editor from there. And there you can just type keyboard shortcuts uh, and it'll give you a huge list of all the different keyboard shortcuts. And you can filter that list for jump by word and select by word. I think that's probably something that you, you should invest your time in and 
if you find yourself working on some on like something and you you reach for the mouse, just stop. It's going to take a minute or two to get good at it. But do that four or five times. You'll get used to it and then you're good for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely it saves you so much time. And I mean, you did talk about the command palette just there, but the command palette is another one of those things that I think people often neglect because maybe they just don't know how useful it is. So if you do that little command shift P, control shift P on Windows, I believe, Windows people tweet us out if that's not how you do it. But it basically gives you every single thing you could possibly imagine. Like, why would you go to the little menu up top and select, you know, have to go through two little drop downs things just to change your theme when you could do command shift P, T, H, and then here, preferences, color theme. All right, there you go. So that is so much faster than having to click around and try to find things any other way. I use the command palette for basically everything that I want to do in VS Code, sort lines or look at Git history. Like that's actually a big one too, right? You're on a given file, you have a Git history package installed that we talked about in one of the last episodes and you just type in Git history, view file history. There we go. Now I'm looking at the files history and I didn't even have to touch my keyboard and I typed like three things. So I use the command palette absolutely nonstop. And uh, this is one of those things that you, you does take some muscle memory to get used to. But again, just like what you were talking about, Wes, not having to reach for the mouse to go do something. It, it is a huge time saver. I know that people always cringe in my tutorial series when I use the mouse for anything. Once you get good at, you know, not G-I-T, but once you get good at, <laughs> yes, 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 at navigating with the keyboard, it really just opens up a lot of doors and makes the experience that much faster and nicer when it already is pretty awesome and nice. By the way, did you know that there's a command palette in Chrome DevTools? I use this yeah. myself quite a bit, and I think a large part of our audience might not be aware of the. You can take a screenshot of a specific element from the DevTools. I don't know of any other way to do it. So yeah, the the Chrome DevTools command palette is amazing. They, you're starting to see like lots of apps do this. Same with um, Google Sheets, like their Excel competitor now has a command palette instead of mm. buttons, which mm. is great because you shouldn't have to hunt around for a button to click. You should have a keyboard shortcut and then just kind of fuzzy match type what you're trying to do. Yeah. So I, you know, once you once your fingers get used to the command palette, that's a skill that's going to permeate into other areas, such as your Chrome Dev Tools or whatever. Next one, I'm not sure if you put this one here or I not, did. but it's the find and replace in files. Oh, so yes, if, I did. If you have a function that's named, I don't know, get courses, how would you replace that in your entire project? In my entire project. Yeah, uh, or would, an entire file. Maybe maybe say both. Well, for entire file, I would just do command F and then I would just look for that that method name directly or fu a function name and, and do a find and replace. If I was looking at my entire project, I would do command shift F would be control shift F and I would do the whole thing. Uh, I have since I like don't, you know, work on I work on pretty much one project. I have for this project files to exclude setup so that it's not looking at any of the files that I don't want it to look at. It's only looking at essentially my API or UI files. Yeah. And that's pretty much how I do it. There's a couple of buttons in here that you'll want to make sure are checked if you are wanting to match only that specific function. Like for instance, it, you can match case is one of the buttons. So like it's not going to match a lowercase a to an uppercase a. And then there's match whole word. If you're looking for to match the entire word itself and not be um, like a partial little bit of a word to match, 
So that's how I do it. That said, it's a little bit different. Some of these things I uncheck, like for instance, uh, match case, I'll leave match case unchecked and I'll use the replace where you replace the, like if you replace an, a lowercase a with an uppercase a, it oh, will yeah. make that uppercase. It's smart about yeah, what for instance, does. I needed to change the word playlist to series throughout the course of all level up tutorials because I'm no longer calling them playlists. I'm calling them series. And so for me, it was a command F playlist for series across the entire site. And it worked pretty darn well. I use if you right click on a, like a function name and you can click rename symbol and then oh, yeah, it's, it's smart symbol. about it being a function. Um, and I was, I've certainly gotten bitten before. Like if I've got a function called double and then I have another function called double trouble. If I just <laughs> select the word double, it will actually rename the function that also is double trouble. So using rename symbol, this is I, I often will just like command F until I have all of the ones I want because I can see everything I need. It's not a big deal. But if there is multiple files or there is a huge file, uh, right click rename symbol is a little safer because it will it knows what a function or a selector or uh, something like that is in your actual application. Yeah, I have used that before, but I, I find myself going to find and replace more often because I feel like mm -hmm. I have more control over it. But that's maybe not actually the case. And maybe I'm just ignorant as to using that. <laughs> Next one here we have is move and copy lines. Now I use this all the time when you have one line of code or even a selection of lines of code, right? Let's say you have maybe like five or six lines and you want to move it. A lot of people, yep. what they'll do is they'll do command X and they'll cut it and then they'll do command C and cop and paste it or command V and paste it like six lines down or something like that. Or if you're not moving it to another file, almost every single time what I do is I select my lines of code, I'll hold the option key and then hit up or down on my keyboard. And that moves that whole selection up or down in your lines of code. I use this nonstop. And if you need to duplicate a line of code, which you'll do like maybe you're working on a select list, you wrote one option, you want several more options. If you hold shift and option, then you hit up or down and it actually creates a copy on the next line rather than moving one. So I use these two shortcuts. I use them nonstop to uh, control, maybe not even just like the layout or organization of a file, but also maybe the content. Sometimes this is a, a big one for me. I use it nonstop and I always cringe when I see people uh, cutting and then pasting five or six lines. Yeah, down. me too. It's, it's kind of dangerous because like I, I have like a like a clipboard history app that I run if in case I accidentally copy over something that was important. But you should be I call this line bubbling. You should be just like moving your lines up and down without having to remove them. Or, or if you if you select an entire function, you should be able to bubble that thing up and down uh, and see where it's, it's going. So, yeah, absolutely should be using that one. Super helpful. Yeah. Next little section we have here is keyboard commands. I will hide the the sidebar with the buttons on it. I don't even know what you call that. What's that called? The uh, browser? I don't know. You hit Command B or Control B to show and hide it. So I, I show and hide it all the time. I think it is. I Maybe mean, you might just call it the, the sidebar. It is just called the sidebar. Okay. That's I, I hide that as well as the extensions or the, the file system. All of that, I hide it all because I just want a minimal coding experience. Um, and then when you do need to open it up, just hitting, uh, I hit command shift X to open extensions. 
uh, Command Shift E to open the Explorer, which is your files. There's a couple other ones. Command Shift D for debug, X for extensions, F for search, E for explorer, and then yep. it is Control Shift G for uh, version control. It might be Command. I don't know why mine's Control Shift G for version control, but maybe yeah, it's it is Control Shift G for me as well. It, and that's actually a helpful view because it will show you in your project what files have changed and been deleted. So you, if you ever just want a quick overview of what's going on, that's better than just doing a git status because then you can click through to the actual files that have been changed. So pretty yeah, cool. I, I use that all the time myself. Actually, I think though the uh, the sidebar, it's not actually the sidebar. The sidebar is the area that all that stuff lives in in the activity bar. Is that the one you yes, were talking about? Yeah, the that's activity what bar is the one with the icons. Yeah, I had that as well. Yeah, you, you go ahead and hide that um, because it's a crutch. Uh, because you actually click on it and I'm half joking. It's fine. If you want to click on it, go, go for it. But I found that when I actually hit it myself, I've forced myself to get better at finding out the shortcuts totally. uh, for this, the things. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you. Next one is going to be, actually this falls under tips, not really keyboard commands, but one of the tips I had was to check out the insiders build. I know Wes, you do not run the insiders build. I run the insiders build. If you just Google VS code insiders build, it's going to give you an option to download that. This one basically gets an update every single day and it occasionally has some bugs and problems that things don't work quite as expected. So if you're the type of person like me who really relishes in having a new thing every day, even though you <laughs> won't notice it ever, it's just a little dopamine hit I like to get from downloading a new update for VS Code, even though it's not giving me anything. If you're that type of person, uh, you want these features early, then check out the Insiders build. Just know it's not always perfect. Uh, I have to reload it. I feel like more than I ever had to reload the non-Insiders build. That said... I have been using the Insiders build for, I don't know, a couple of years now, and uh, I haven't really needed to go back to the other one for any particular reason. So I'm a fan. Check it out. Next, we just have use of snippets. What are some of your, your favorite snippets? I know I have like a, a React snippet library that I have, but I also find myself just stopping and making snippets for things that I do over and over again. What about you? Yeah, I use a few. I use JavaScript ES6 code snippets. I use HTML snippets. I use ES7 React Redux GraphQL React Native snippets. Let's see, I use Vue VS Code snippets. And I think I have one for MongoDB. MongoDB. I made my own snippet library that I use for Apollo and React. However, I don't have hook support in there, so I haven't really been using it which I need to add back in there. I'm the maintainer of that package. So if you'd like to commit some hooks to that package, just go ahead and submit a uh, little PR and I'll look at that merged in. Otherwise, I'll do it myself. I find myself creating snippets all the time too for things that I find myself doing or even just like, even just things that are, that are like my code base specific coding style that might not translate into something for anybody else. I'll, I'll make a snippet yeah. for that. And I use this snippet generator. We talked about this snippet generator on one of the older episodes of Syntax. And this is by Pavel Gerzebeck. And Pavel, uh, if you were listening, I know he's a Syntax listener. Tell me how I did on your name there. One time he recorded himself saying his name like this was like a two years ago. So that's out of memory there. I'm hoping <laughs> it's a very Polish name. So uh, hopefully I got it right. This is at snippet hyphen generator dot app. We'll have the link in the show notes. This thing allows you to write a snippet in one place and have it automatically write the 
code you need in your configuration for VS Code, Sublime Text, and Atom. So it works really well if maybe you found a package of Atom snippets, or maybe you found an Atom snippet in particular, or VS Code or Sublime Text snippet that you want to translate between platforms. You just paste it in here and then automatically converts it to each one. This thing is awesome. I use it all the time. Cool. Um, I One thing I want to say about snippets is get to know defaults as well as tabs. Um, totally. So you can you can put dollar sign one uh, and then curly brackets and and that will that will be where your cursor lands when you hit tab the first time. You can set defaults in there. So if you hit tab and don't type anything, it will just put the default in there. Um, get to know those because I think they're they're pretty powerful in snippets in general. I also put a lot of my snippets that are a little bit more simple ones that don't need those tab controls. I put my snippets in text expander just so that I can use them in like a code pen or I have a lot of markdown snippets that I, I write. I write um, markdown snippets in GitHub. I write them in VS Code. I write them uh, in a whole bunch of different editors. And then just having them sort of like system wide, I find it very helpful as well. Totally. What else do you have here? You got one more extension for us. And I think that's it. Yeah. And it's actually just a snippet thing. I, I probably should have just mentioned in the last little part. I've been working with a lot with Mongo queries. So, uh, you know, if you're into MongoDB, this Mongo snippets for Node.js, I found to be really nice. And um, it's named Mongo snippets for Node.js. So check that one out if you are using a lot of Mongo. Uh, and I want you to share with us some of your favorite snippet libraries uh, or maybe even just snippets in general. Maybe we could create like a syntax snippet extension or something. I don't know. That's probably not going to happen, but I'd be interested to see what kind of snippets people are using. There's some always really interesting stuff. Like for instance, aliasing in, uh, in bash or, or ZSH, you know, people do their own personal little aliases, right. For things that make sense for them. And, uh, sometimes I think the same as with snippets, right. Where people create something that makes sense for them. And I'm interested in seeing some of the creative or interesting snippets that people have created for their own code bases or work and how you've made them work for you to prevent yourself from typing the same thing over and over and over again. Awesome. That's another episode of VS Code Tips. We'll probably have another one in uh, six months or so once we gather up some more tips. If you have any tips that you would like to share with us, please tweet us at SyntaxFM. Love to retweet some of the good ones. Word. Absolutely. So we will see you on Wednesday for a full on tasty treat. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you then. Peace. Peace. Head on over to syntax.fm for a full archive of all of our shows. And don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player or drop a review if you like this show.